Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Titus, the second chapter, chapter two. We are continuing our series entitled Grace Defined. Last week, we talked about Jesus full of grace and truth from the book of John, the first chapter. This Sunday, uh, I want to talk to you and dive a little bit further into grace. Uh, So that's going to be found in Titus, the second chapter. Uh, We're going to go to uh, verse 11. Verse 11, if you're on there, TCF Nation, we are glad to have you in person and online. For those of you who are on, God bless you. I want you to follow along with us wherever you are. If you're watching us on TV or however you're watching it on YouTube, on your TV or on your phone. Here he is. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in the present age. In the present age. Looking, verse 13 says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. All right. So what is grace, ladies and gentlemen, before I give you the title of tonight's message, Grace, ladies and gentlemen, comes from this Greek word named charis. It signifies favor, goodwill, and loving kindness, often defined as the unmerited favor of God. But in this series, I've been trying to take you into a deeper look of what that is all about. All right. Tonight, I want to talk to you from the subject, the divine influence of grace, the divine influence of grace. Ladies and gentlemen, many people do not like to preach grace because Uh, It gives the idea that the believers are going to just live any old type of way or that grace, ladies and gentlemen, just gives us a license to do whatever we want to do. As I told you in the misconceptions of grace, one of the misconceptions about grace is, is that grace excuses sin. Matter of fact, it does the contrary. The grace of God is a motivator to motivate you in righteousness and holiness. The grace of God, ladies and gentlemen, does not come into your life to excuse your sin. It comes really to bring you a consciousness of, 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 of the things of that old man of sin to move you in the place of who God is. So in this text, ladies and gentlemen, the book of Titus is known as a pastoral epistle. In other words, what's happening here is that uh, one of his sons in the gospel, his name is Titus, is who he's writing this letter to. So when I say epistle, all that is is a fancy term for a letter. Okay, it was a letter that was sent to his spiritual son in the faith named Titus. All right. Uh, um, Those are one of his sons that we know in the faith. We know about Timothy already and Philemon, but now we know about Titus here uh, Paul is encouraging the young preacher because he is over this region of Crete all right ladies and gentlemen so he's over this region of Crete and he's he's responsible for bishoping this whole area 
all right? Uh, uh, one of the missions that Paul was in, Paul was, did not get a good chance to stay there long. He had to move along because of the persecution. But now he's sending his spiritual son, uh, Titus, to go down there. And one of the things that he's doing is he's showing him the, in these particular verses, 11 through verse 15, uh, of, of what doctrine he should be preaching. All right. He's he's telling him in verse 11 and really is what he's getting down to is godly behavior. All right. It's really about godly behavior and and, and really moving in a place of, of being more like God. All right. So and and, and so the verse uh, in verse 11, you see here, Paul says that he says it this way. He says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. All right. Some people will use this verse to believe that salvation has been given to all men. All right. In the sense that everybody is saved. That's what some people would argue in the universal church. Uh, this this is a, it's a denomination in universalism, what, which would say that everyone's saved because of what Jesus did. And that's not what Paul is saying here. Paul is not saying that everyone is saved. He says that salvation has appeared to all men. Now, when I bring you to John, first uh, John last week, we realized that Jesus, that we beheld his glory as the only begotten son, one full of grace and truth. Right. And so later on in the book of John, chapter one, you see that grace and grace and truth was realized through Jesus the Christ. So in other words, what Paul is saying here is that salvation appeared to all men, oh my God, uh, because now that Jesus is here, it has appeared, it's available now to all men. Just because something is available does not mean everyone takes it. Are you hearing me? So while something may have appeared to you does not mean that you are going to accept it. It's just like this, ladies and gentlemen, if somebody gave you something and it, something appeared to you and you didn't really care for it, you're not going to receive it. So the reality is what he's saying is, is that through Jesus Christ, salvation has been available to all men. So it's not available to some and not to others. No, it's available to all. So the grace of God, ladies and gentlemen, is available to all because Jesus, through Jesus Christ, it has been realized now. All right. However, we both know this, that as I told you before, you have to believe in order to receive this grace. All right. And so here's what I'm saying. So you have to understand this, that grace is available to all, and it has appeared to all through Jesus Christ, but only those who believe are ones who are going to be partakers of the grace of God. All right? Now, let's move past that now. Now, then he starts talking about grace in a deeper level. So now that we understand that grace is God's unmerited favor poured, uh, poured out to those who do not deserve his mercy or his love, here it is. He says this is what he does deeper, right? He says not only is it his unmerited favor, but watch what it does. It teaches us. It teaches us. So let him turn to show you is this. Grace, ladies and gentlemen, operates as a divine influencing agent in one's life. It operates, what Paul shows you about grace is that it operates as a teacher. 
that it operates, ladies and gentlemen, as a teacher. Uh, a teacher in the Greek has in mind what a parent does for a child. It speaks of the entire training process. And here it is. It's the teaching, the encouragement, the correction, and the discipline. And so what God, what Paul is saying here about grace is that grace exhorts us, ladies and gentlemen, to godly living. So grace is not giving me an excuse to live the way I want to live. Grace is, oh my God, grace is showing who I am and say, no, you got to do better. So grace, ladies and gentlemen, grace in its true essence, ladies and gentlemen. See people like, oh, I got grace. Oh, but do you really have, because the real reality is, is that the grace of God, those who he loves, he also corrects, he disciplines, ladies and gentlemen, he chastises, and there's no way in the world, there's that, that, that feeling that you get, ladies and gentlemen, when you know you did wrong, that is not condemnation that comes from God, it is the correction, it is, it is the conviction of the Holy Spirit that has come upon us, because ladies and gentlemen, we are supposed to then grow in the grace of God. I'm moving ahead of myself. So, ladies and gentlemen, the real reality is is that God brings this grace and shows us this gift of grace in order for it to teach us, in in order for it to instruct us, in order to live our lives in line with hope with God. So, ladies and gentlemen, that grace, a grace, ladies and gentlemen, is, is, is given through Jesus, is, 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 is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. God's grace, the Lord Jesus Christ, gives it to us so that we can grow in, our, in, in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's three things, ladies and gentlemen, that the grace of God does. I'm going to give you point one. Here it is. It says the first thing that he shows us here in the text is that grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. So the first thing in grace, ladies and gentlemen, as an instructor, grace teaches us, ladies and gentlemen, to deny, to say no, to renounce, ladies and gentlemen, ungodliness and worldly lusts. So grace, in a deeper sense, it teaches us to say no to anything that is not like God. Grace, ladies and gentlemen, teaches us to turn away from everything that is ungodly and does not honor God. Grace, ladies and gentlemen, in its true form, uh, if you're really allowing the grace of God to work on your life, grace is teaching you how to deny your flesh, to deny ungodliness. Not only to de- not only to av- oh my God not only to deny it but to avoid it altogether. That's what it's teaching us. That's what it's teaching us. All right, let me give you Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four verse twenty-two. It says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Here's what he says, verse 23, but and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to constantly be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who you are. You know the thoughts that run through your brain. If you don't know, I know the thoughts that run through my brain. All the thoughts that run through my brain are not good. 
They're not good. There are some thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, that, oh, man, did I really think that? <laughs> you know, those are some of the things. No, no, no. Like, did I really think it? Did, all right, those something that I'm really. No, listen, your mind starts traveling. And he's saying you have to constantly be renewed in the spirit uh, by the spirit of your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to put off those things. So grace, ladies and gentlemen, is showing us and teaching us and instructing us, ladies and gentlemen, how to put off your former conduct. The former conduct, ladies and gentlemen, is the flesh. The flesh, ladies and gentlemen, wants what it wants, and it does not matter what it has to do to get it. It does not matter what danger it presents itself. It wants what it wants, and it does not matter. It's going to get what it wants because the flesh is, is, is longing for the flesh to be gratified. And in order to in order to, 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 to begin to switch that, ladies and gentlemen, you have to renew your mind. That's why Paul says, Paul also says in the book of Romans that we must be transformed by the renewing of our what? Mind. So again, what Paul is teaching here, right here, he says it again in verse 12 in Titus. He says, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, the pride of the flesh. To teaching us how to deny those things because you're not going to grow in God if you're constantly having those things become a problem for you. Are you hearing me? You're not going to grow in the grace of God if you're continually uh, 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 failing, ladies and gentlemen, to deny your own flesh. So he's saying, I want you to deny those worldly lusts. See, when we think of worldly lust, we, all, we, all, we always think about sexual things and fornication. But there's worldly lust of wanting uh, and, and having our eyes big to wanting uh, of all of this fame and this fortune and all of this stuff like that. There's other things, ladies and gentlemen, that you can lust after and you can have that become an idol of yours. And what God is, sh- is showing us through his grace is how to deny those things. So that you can become in line with his desire and his will for your life. That's what grace is all about. Grace is teaching you how to deny those things. It's saying, showing you how to say no. Look at somebody say, you can say no. You can say no. Just say no. Put it in the chat section. Just say no. Just say no, because here's the thing. You not saying no is getting you in trouble. It gets us in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We're not denying ourselves, denying our flesh, letting that stay to the ground, putting that off. Too often times we want to keep it on because it's like, oh, I loved who, the way I was in that. Some people, they don't, they're not going to get with me if I'm not, if I wasn't who I was. That's a good thing. Because God is maturing you, and guess what? As you mature, you'll see how God aligns you around other people. You'll see how God aligns you, aligns you, aligns your mindset to think differently than what you were thinking. The old man was about I, 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 me, me, me. And God is trying to move you from that place, ladies and gentlemen, and teach us how to be solely on his will, to be selfish, ladies and gentlemen. So that's what it does. Number one, so it teaches us to what? Deny ungodliness uh, and, uh, and worldly lust. Can I give you number two? Number two, ladies and gentlemen, grace teaches us to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. 
in this present age. I want to make sure that you understand in this present age, grace is only meant for this present age. You don't need it when you get to heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Faith, hope, and love is only meant for here. So he's instructing us how to live godly here. Because guess what? Here's the thing. He's preparing you for there. I hope you understand this. Everything we're doing here, ladies and gentlemen, trying to understand the peace of God, trying to live godly and all of that stuff, that's what we'll be doing there. So God's thing is, I want you to practice it here. Here's the other thing, ladies and gentlemen. I've been watching this show called The Good Place on Netflix. I've been watching this show called The Good Place on Netflix, and it's so ironic that I'm watching this while I'm in a grace message. Because the premise of the show, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, 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 the funny thing, the premise of the show is, is that, 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 the, that the things that humans do, they, they measure it up. The, the show shows you how they measure it up by uh, the works and stuff they did in their lifetime, how good they were living on the earth. And so by the time they add it up, that, that, that shows whether they're going to go to the good place or the bad place. Well, here's the thing. The catch of the show is this, is that they thought they were actually in the good place. However, they were actually in the bad place because they were trying to uh, uh, do a different thing with showing how, to to how they uh, torture humans. So pretty much it's saying that heaven and hell ain't really the real thing. They're trying to go about a new way of torturing. But guess what? While they get there, they're trying to live and trying to be good so they can get back to the good place. Here's why I'm saying all of this. Because there's also a thing in the Catholic, uh, in the Catholic denomination and their doctrine called purgatory. That when somebody dies, ladies and gentlemen, they have to go through a cleansing process in the afterlife. And whatever that determines in the afterlife, ladies and gentlemen, is going to determine if they go to heaven or if they go to hell. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, what would be the need for grace? Because, listen here, you only get one shot for, the, to, to, to have, for, to, for you to receive the grace of God in this present age. Oh, my God. And you only get one shot for this moment, ladies and gentlemen, because guess what? There's either two places you're going and you can't get out of whatever you think the bad place is. The bad place, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, contrary to uh, a modern day philosophy, it's still hell. And the reality of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, I thought it's so funny. They thought if I could do these things and do that things that I could get out of the, you know, get out of the bad place and the judge would hear my case <laughs> for me to get out of there. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I should be so glad that God doesn't judge us based upon a point system. You and I should be so glad that God doesn't judge us on a point system because guess what? The reality is my points would be very negative and it doesn't matter. Your righteousness is not good enough to get you in. That's why you need Jesus to Christ. So he shows us how to live in what? This present age showing us to be sober minded. Now, what does that mean, ladies and gentlemen, to be sober-minded? That means to live in a place of self-control. To be in self-control. So grace instructs us, ladies and gentlemen, how to be in self-control. Grace instructs us, ladies and gentlemen, how to live a godly life in this present age. 
God, the grace of God shows us and teaches us how to live righteously. And what it means to be righteous, it means to do what is right. So if you're allowing the grace of God to instruct you in those things, it's not going to become hard for you to deny the things that God is teaching you against. So well, not only does he teach you, um, teach you things that you shouldn't go after, but he's teaching you things that you should strive after. That's what grace helps us to do. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what the grace of God helps us to do. And through the grace of God, ladies and gentlemen, which is a gift, it is through the grace of God, the gift that all other gifts come through. Because guess what? Through the grace of God, that's why we get it, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes, ladies and gentlemen, to help us in those things. Is this making sense to you tonight? I hope this is making sense to you. Here we go. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. And those who are, who, those who are Christ have, cru have, mm, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Verse 25 says, if we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. So Paul is saying even to the church of Galatia, he's saying, listen here, if you've been crucified, uh, if you've been in Christ, then you were crucified with his passions and his desires. Those things have been crucified. Now, if we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Because if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. You will not fulfill those desires because when you allow the spirit to really, when you're yielded to the spirit and you really, oh my God, submit yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and you're surrendered to him, then guess what? Your life will start producing righteousness. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. Here it is, but reject profane and old wives uh, fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Here it is. Verse eight for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having pro having promise of the life that now is and of that, which is to come. Are you hearing me? He's saying godliness, ladies and gentlemen, is profitable. That's why, he, that's why grace comes to instruct us in it, because it's profitable for us. Ladies and gentlemen, when people live in such a state of sin, that catches up to them. I'm telling you, let me tell you something. People look like the lives they live when they get in that casket. Let me tell you something. I didn't think about this. I finally figured it out. I didn't, I didn't slip my mind. But listen, uh, my, 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 my cousin Muka put up there because today was, would be like the two-year anniversary since my grandfather passed, right? So he was at his funeral, right? And I saw a lot of older guys. My grandfather was about 86 when he passed, right? So I saw a lot of older gentlemen who, you know, who was around my grandfather's age. And I'm like, man, they look tore up. Then there were some younger men, there were some younger men who looked tore up too. And I'm looking at this man in the casket, he looked way better than some of them still living. Ask me why. Because, let me tell you something, it ain't because of their skin care, it's because of the decisions they made. When you're living a godly life, let me tell you something. Your physical, your physical, oh my God, your physical appearance will match what's happening in here. Yeah. 
your physical appearance. Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you something, and y'all know it. When you know when you're off for a little second, you just don't feel like it. It's just like, you know what I mean? You just be looking all any type of way. You just be carrying yourself any old type of way. But, but when God pulls you back in, it's like, oh, okay, let me get myself back together here. Come on, somebody. That's what the grace of God does. Come on, pull you back in. Because godliness is profitable. I know people don't want to hear this. This is not popular. But guess what? You living a godly life is going to profit you not only here, but in the life to come. That's why you're doing all of this stuff for here. And God's saying you need to set your things, set your mind on things above. Not over here. That's what grace is instructing us. Hey, there's another place that's coming. But I want you to be prepared now. He's instructing us. Let me tell you something righteous to do the right thing. Ladies and gentlemen, in this present age, there's no such thing as purgatory. There's no such thing as a second chance in the afterlife. There's no such thing as you come back from the afterlife as a dove or animal and all of that junk. You only had one life. And when you stand at the end of this age, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are going to have to make an account to God. I know you don't want to hear this. This doesn't sound popular to you. But the truth of the matter is this, ladies and gentlemen, you only get one life. God is not going to spare you. See, I'm on the part of the season in the good life where they, where he, he convinced the judge, like, can you, you know, save their lives real quick so they can get another chance? Hopefully their points would add up to get, to, you know, get into the good place. Ladies and gentlemen, if you live on that type of metric, I promise you, you will not get to heaven. I think the show is hilarious. But it's so funny because people think in that type of mindset that this is a point system. God, I did this right today. Ding! I know I'm catching my ticket. No matter what you do, ladies and gentlemen, your righteousness is as filthy rags. That's Bible. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. It means nothing. Only his blood and righteousness matters. Oh, my God. Is this making sense to you tonight? Here's the thing. God has given you self-control, and he's teaching you self-control. And you, you and I have to move into a place of being in a place of self-control. Everybody feel like they want to do everything. Yeah, just because you can do anything you wanted to don't mean it's profitable for you. Even Paul told us, just because something is lawful does not make it profitable. And so we have, to, we have to grow in that, ladies and gentlemen, to see it, how grace is trying to teach us as a parent, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're seeing here. Here we go. One last thing coming to a close. Nothing won't be long. Here is this. Grace teaches us to look for the return of the Lord. Here it is. Here it is. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us of every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So I like that part right here before I explain it, that he's calling to himself a people that are zealous for the good works that God has for them. 
That grace, ladies and gentlemen, when you have been called out by the grace of God, then that means, ladies and gentlemen, that you have been now set apart as a grace carrier. Oh, my God, help me. That, ladies and gentlemen, that those who receive grace should be the great carriers of grace. We should be able, to, grace should be exemplified through our very lives, ladies and gentlemen. How we give grace, how we extend it, ladies and gentlemen, how we live in a place of grace and not by works because of what the Lord Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. And so he's called the people out for us because grace is teaching us, ladies and gentlemen, hey, I don't want you to get caught up in, in, in thinking about just this lifetime. So you see how Paul says he teaches you for the present age, but guess what? Not only does he do that, but he's instructing us for the age to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. I don't know why I've been talking a lot about heaven, but I tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, the real reality of it is there is a place that got my name ready for it, and that place is called heaven. I'm not living in, and here's the reality, I'm not living for here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm living because I have an eternal home that was not made by human hands, but it was made by the uncreated creator, the El Shaddai, all sufficient. He is the one who's made it with his own hands, ladies and gentlemen. And Jesus says it in, oh my God, Jesus said it in John chapter 14. He said, if it was not so, I would not have told you this. Hallelujah. So not only that, but ladies and gentlemen, but here's the thing. You would think that the blessed hope is heaven, but hear me. The blessed hope even more than heaven is the reality of Jesus. Help me, let me help you understand. Listen, I want to see Jesus. I don't care. We've been, I've been trying to figure out what color he is for a long time. When I get there, I'll finally see it face to face. It doesn't matter what color he is. Don't matter what he looked like to me. The reality of the matter is, is that I saw what I was preaching about this whole time. And that's what makes life all the better. Because I finally got to see him face to face. Oh my God, help me in the eye oh, to see Jesus. Oh my God, I don't know about you ladies and gentlemen, but I would love to see him there beyond seeing any parents, beyond seeing any family members. If I can get there and see him face to face. Oh my God, help me in this room. Hallelujah, grace choices me that my blessed hope is to see him. Hallelujah, that when I get through living godly in this present age, there is a rest that remains for the people. There's a rest that remains, and that's in the sea, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, that's my blessed hope. It's not money. It's not cars. It's not fame. But there's a man named Jesus that's there. And that's where my hope is. Hallelujah. That's why you can endure life as a good soldier, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you can endure as a good soldier. Because you got to, oh my God, you know where your destination is. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I are just nomads. Just living in this world. Ah, this ain't my final home. I got another home that's made in glory. My God in here. 
I know they don't preach about this because they're trying to show you how to find your your soulmate here in the earth. But let me tell you something beyond a soulmate. And I love you, Otisia, but I want to say Jesus. My God in here. Hallelujah. And call God. Show me how to get to Jesus. Show me how to live so I can get to Jesus. Show me how to live so I can get crowds waiting for me now. God in here. Oh, oh glory. I, my God, I don't know. I just want to see him face to face. You don't understand when you spend years looking at the Bible and reading it and it tells you about your future. When you spend years and you preach about the Jehovah God, this man Jesus, and you preach about your blessed hope there, when you finally get there, it will make life worth it. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter, I'm coming to a close now. In 1 Peter, ladies and gentlemen, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that, and, does, and, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5 says, for who are kept by the power of God, hallelujah, through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. What am I saying this all to you today? Because guess what? What remains for me is an incorruptible body, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. What remains means for me is a hope that's undefiled, that's not fading away. Hallelujah. This earth is eventually going to pass over. Aye, but one thing that's not going to pass over is God's word. And that's my blessed hope tonight. That's what I can rest assured. In. So if grace is going to tell me to look for it, then I got to look forward to where I'm going. My God, I'm going to look forward, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to do what Jesus did. For those of you who, who say, I want to get out of 2020, for those of you who've been so discouraged by this year, let me give you what the Hebrew writer says. Oh, my goodness, looking unto Jesus, I, who's the author and the finisher of my favor, for the joy that was set where before him, he endured the cross. So if you want, oh, my God, despising the shame, so if you want to get through this year, or get in his life Look to where Jesus is Look to where he is The last time I checked He was at the right hand of the Father And he's still undefeated Shout it out Get out of here now Yes Yes My God in here My God in here Hi Hi I'm living for there I'm living for there that's what grace is showing me. My God in here. It's the blessed hope, ladies and gentlemen. I know you're not getting excited because you're thinking it's something so far-fetched, ladies and gentlemen. It's not far-fetched. It's a reality. It's a reality. I don't care about you. 
I don't care if I don't get everything I need to get in this lifetime because I got promises in the next. I got a body that's incorruptible. Hallelujah. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled. Hallelujah. When I get there, I was kept by the power of God. All to be kept by Jesus. All to be kept by him, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going through a tough time right now, let me tell you something. All to be kept by Jesus. God will keep you. God will keep you. He will keep you even when you don't want to get kept. God will keep you. Hallelujah. 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 I dare you to praise him for that blessed whore. I dare you to praise him like you're about to see Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if it'll be my last day. But I tell you right now, even when it was, it would all be worth it. If I could just see Jesus face to face, I'll say hallelujah. Yes. Yes. It's undefiled and it's not fading away. 
It's meant for you. Hallelujah. Come on, if you believe that, come on and give God a great shout right there. Come on, I'll tell you, if you know where you're going, Zion, I said praise him in here. Hallelujah, if you know where you're going, come on and praise him. If you're on that chat right now, I said praise him in your home tonight. The reality is heaven is our home, ladies and gentlemen. You worried about an election, I'm worried about getting there. You worried about what's going on here, I'm worried about getting there. You can have this world, you can have it, but you can give me Jesus any time of the day. Give me him, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I'm where, that's where I'm going towards. Oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. 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 My God in here. Hallelujah. 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 Well, if you don't know Jesus, I'm not here to delay the hour. If you don't know him, ladies and gentlemen, the grace of God has been preached to you tonight. And you have an opportunity to give your life to him tonight. Oh, my God. If you don't know him, it's as simple as believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you are saved, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, you can rededicate your life back to Christ. It's not that, it's not that you, God went anywhere. It's that you went out of, you changed your position with him. He's still right here. My God. If you want to become a partner of our church today, no matter where you live at, I would love to be your pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Encourage somebody in the Lord and say, keep living. Keep living. Keep on living. Keep on living. Because I'm living to get there. Come on. Keep on living. Come on. Keep on living. I need you to keep on living. Don't you lose faith here. Don't you lose faith here. The grace of God is motivating you so that you can look forward, that you can look ahead. Hallelujah. If you're glad about it, come on and give God a great praise. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.